Welcome to the Sellernomics Podcast, sharing valuable tips and information in the Amazon and e-commerce space. Each Thanks for joining. Welcome to the Sellernomics Podcast, sharing valuable tips and information in the Amazon and e-commerce space. Each week, we deliver the best interviews with some of the top Amazon personalities in the industry to help you grow your business. Today's episode is brought to you by Gatita, the global leader in FBA auditing and reimbursements. And now, here is your host, Rob Stanley. Hey everyone, welcome to another great episode of Sellernomics. Of course, we're always bringing you great information and today is no doubt going to be a lot of good information for you to learn. So we're going to bring into the studio here in just a second. Uh, I've got uh, Jeff, Jerry and Christian standing by from AI Commerce and today's episode is going to be talking about growing beyond Amazon business to business and Walmart marketplace. And man, that's that's definitely an area to go. If you've been in Amazon for a while, usually you're looking to branch out and start expanding. And and next on that list is usually Walmart. Let's get them in the studio and say hi to them. So let's get them in. Hey guys, how's it going? Hey Rob, good, good. How are you, Rob? Good. Uh, doing great, doing great. So uh, you know, I want to jump right into this. There's there's a lot we're gonna have to cover here. Uh, it's great having all of you guys on. And, uh, you know, let's, let's get right into this. Uh, I think Jeff, we're kicking it off with you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about some trends that you're seeing in the e-commerce world currently? Yeah, Rob, I mean, expansion and diversification is the name of the game. There's, there's three areas we're doubling down on, uh, for our agency, our company with the clients and the brands we own. Um, first of all is social commerce. I'll give you a few stats there then wholesale, and then brand building. Those are the three biggies. Uh, in terms of social commerce, hopefully you've heard the news, right? Social, social networks are number one for both uh, 16 to 24 year olds and 25 to 34 year old demographics for researching brands. Uh, that's according to GWI. And half of social users this year are expected to make a direct purchase on that platform. So kind of crazy. Uh, last month, a, a few weeks ago, TikTok, uh, shop launched, right? So TikTok will gain 9.6 million social buyers this year, more than the net increase of Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest combined. So that TikTok shop, um, right for any Amazon sellers, uh, and really best Amazon in a couple key stats. Currently, 2% commission rate versus that 15 average. Uh, and second, the CPCs are under a third of what we're seeing in Amazon. So around around 30 cents. Um, pretty big, uh, pretty big trend there. The second trend Christian's going to talk a little bit more about, and that's really the wholesale side uh, through B2B marketplaces and then even physical retail expansion. So really driven by a younger digital first buyer that the B2B marketplaces are enjoying triple digit growth right now. Uh, Amazon B2B is certainly the lion's share. They're around a third of, of B2B sales uh, in the world of marketplaces. There's over 400 U.S. Uh, commercial and vertical industry-specific marketplaces that have sprung up. You'll hear more about that. Um, and then, in terms of just you know retail media, e-commerce e is still. Rob, you want to guess the percent uh, penetration of, of total retail sales? Gosh, I I haven't looked at those numbers in a while. It's been a while four, since I sold. What, what did yeah, you fill us in? Five, uh, four out of five okay. sales in the U.S. happen offline. So you've got a multi-trillion dollar business and a lot of e-commerce folks are actually going to where a lot of the sales are. Um, and that's offline. So, so Jeff, why do you think it, why do you think it is four out of five? Do you think it's just 
consumers still want to have that interaction with certain items or they want to hold it physically and see it. Uh, clothes, I could totally understand, even though I order clothes online, but I find myself sending stuff back a lot because it doesn't fit right. But uh, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, another interesting stat is it is higher in other countries. Um, Europe has a few countries that are actually higher than us and China and the Asian countries are, are much higher than us. So uh, part of it is cultural, right? Uh, we like mm -hmm. to go out and about, see and touch, like you say, and you certainly see category differences. So we have some stats on that if anybody wants to, to reach out. But, um, you know, it, it, we, we've seen a big trend. It is growing. I think we're at like 17, 18%. So we're getting up to that 20% penetration. But again, you've got countries with 30. Um, so yeah. we'll see how that grows. And again, that kind of segues into the third trend around brand building. When you have a brand that's in offline and people see in physical stores, there's a lot more trust associated associated and that, that quality uh, rolls over. So retail media, um, well, so you got to think about the funnel, right? Retail media is played at that bottom of the funnel forever. And it's starting to move aggressively beyond search and into the upper funnel ad formats, such as streaming, streaming TV, um, offsite display and video ads. 54% of brands see the retail media spend as upper funnel. But that said, according to a Merkle study, less than 30% are using upper funnel metrics to measure that, such as new to brand buyers, um, CAC or LTV, customer acquisition cost, lifetime value. I'm sure as you know, seasoned marketers, your listeners understand those stats, but most people still go back to online ROAS and, and online revenue. Um, but I would also see the trend of the off marketplace media where we're seeing 13 to 14% of retail media ad spend is actually off those retailer sites, those off those marketplaces in 2023. So that's a 40% jump year over year. And um, on-site ad investments still expected to grow 18%. So those CPCs aren't going to go down on Amazon anytime soon, probably just the opposite. Um, and really brands that don't diversify into upper funnel formats, and again, even into, into offline stores, they are going to get stuck in a, in a competition that drives up keyword CPCs and ROAS. We saw this 10 years ago on Google Ads. We saw this five years ago on Facebook, now Meta. Um, so really diversifying versus trying to play that. Where's the cheapest traffic game? Channels like Amazon are, are going to dry up. The conversion rates aren't going to hold up to these higher CPCs. And that whole math formula of you know traffic times AOV times conversion rate isn't going to add up to a good revenue number that is that is going to be profitable from an efficiency standpoint. Yeah. And Jeff, I mean, we're covering a lot of a lot of things here. And one of the things like you were bringing up a lot, especially beginning with all these different channels, right? There's a ton of channels out there in the market that you could be selling in. But, you know, for somebody who's, you know, a seller and they're trying to figure out, gosh, there's a lot of channels out there. Should I be in all these? Should I just be in one? You know, kind yeah. of what is optimal for them to be able to grow uh, you know, if they take on too much, is it too much? If they take on just one, like Amazon, it could be a lot. But what's your, what have you seen as the optimal growth path for uh, how many channels they should take on? Yeah, I still go back. I just mentioned that the the revenue formula in terms of the revenue equals traffic times AOV times conversion rate. So those are really the three big you want to look at. And if you can find cheaper traffic in different places. Um, that's a big factor in where you might go to, but you know, ultimately go to where the people are and, and really where there's a little blue ocean in terms of uh, less competition. I don't know many uh, consumers that shop in a single destination. So yes, Amazon's the lion's share, but 
you have to go beyond that, just like consumers are doing. Um, and TikTok mentioned earlier is a great, great expansion in, in real time here. Um, I, back to the stats in, in uh, late 2022, so Q4 about a year ago, uh, Association of National Advertisers found 56% of US brands use more than five retail media networks and 16% use more than 10. So again, the majority are on, well, in this case, more than five. Uh, for this audience. And, you know, where where is that growth? There's a great Jungle Scout um, stat from Q1 where, you know, no surprise, Amazon is where the majority of product shopping begins, but their percentage actually dropped year over year, still the leader. But the share increases we're seeing within Walmart, which Jerry's going to hit on in a bit, uh, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok, social searches. So that's kind of crazy. And then we're seeing the category specialist marketplaces such as Lowe's or Home Depot, Kroger, Chewy. So not quite the just big box generalists, but some of those uh, vertical specialists are uh, all growing this year and expected growth next year. So that is uh, a lot of opportunities and a lot of different channels to test and learn and see how conversion rates and, and traffic costs differ uh, across platforms. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, Jeff. Before we pick, kick it over to Christian for the next question, uh, Jeff, just in case did we miss anything that you still wanted to uh, kind of mention uh, before we kind of kind of go over to the next person? No, I mean, I think, you know, real quick, the the forecasts are still growing. Um, so, you know, you're looking at, at Amazon still accounting for the majority of spend. But marketplace growth is is going to be 11 to 13 percent over the next few years. Um, that social commerce, retail social commerce sales expected to grow 22 to 24 percent over the next two years so you know buckle up we're not done we're not slowing down and, and keep that pocketbook open because competition is going to continue to increase with more opportunities to place those bets uh for sales absolutely absolutely if e-commerce was a stock market i'd be investing heavily because it's just going up for sure so oh, christian help us out here a little bit let's dive a little more into uh b2b business to business e-commerce and kind of give us uh, specifically what trends are you seeing in the B2B world? Yeah. So, Rob, let's start with, with what is B2B e-commerce, right? So typically B2B sales have been, you know, mid-size and large businesses, retailers, wholesalers, resellers or operators transacting between one another, e either physically, in person, you know, through convoluted RFP processes. Now that shift has moved over to the B2B marketplace, you know, specifically over the last four years. And that has allowed many small and medium businesses to jump into the B2B marketplace games um, because it, it suits their needs, right? And, and so why, why is that? Um, and I think one of the reasons is, is we're seeing a generational shift occur in who those buyers within those businesses are. So, you know, millennials make up 35% of the total workforce, they're entering career maturity, and they have been at the helm while watching Amazon, Alibaba, AliExpress, drop shipping kind of come to life within e-commerce. And so they're bringing to work with them their purchasing preferences. And those preferences are to have that no-touch uh, a la carte marketplace experience that has just eased its way through. <clears throat> so just 17% just, um, of all B2B purchases right now are going through marketplaces. And that represents like $1.8 trillion in transactions. So Jeff kind of just talked about 
you know, retail e-commerce penetration, but B2B e-commerce penetration still has that exponential growth uh, still to come a little bit as well. Um, some other trends, you know, like 65%, according to Merkel, of businesses are already selling through marketplace models. The most widely used are going to be Amazon, eBay, Walmart, and Alibaba in that, uh, in that order. Um, McKinsey also had another survey that highlighted the potency of listing across multiple channels. So this also goes back to the question of why should we be looking at expanding, not just in retail, but also in B2B. Well, single channel sellers, 46% of those surveyed saw a 1% increase in market share year over year. When you got into seven plus channel sellers, 76% of them saw a 1% increase in year over year market share. So that's an astounding increase in the amount of market share that they were able to eat up just by being listed in more available to a broader swath of customers. Um, some of the other pieces here and a last thought on the trend is, you know, 90% of B2B buyers and 40% of all buyers said that they would turn to a competitor if their current supplier didn't use their channel of choice. So again, this goes back to if, if you're not looking at the channels or the modes through which you can be selling and you're constantly looking to how can you expand in a way that's going to suit your business needs as well as you can support, then you're going to end up finding more and more ways to plateau without that expansion, in my opinion. Yeah. Absolutely. Christian, what, just so people understand a little more, let, let's give a, a specific example of what B2B is. You use an actual product or category or something like that, and then kind of walk everybody through that process of what B2B actually is so they understand it better. Yeah, uh, definitely. So let's, let's take a vertical marketplace, uh, for example. A vertical marketplace would be a marketplace that is specifically focused on one type of product or service. And so I'm sure many of your uh, listeners have probably heard of Freytos before, right? The, you know, one of the largest suppliers for freight, right? So as a business, you are going to Freytos and you're saying, hey, I need a service, which is having my goods transported from A to B. Now, what Freytos does is they are the, the aggregator or the seller of all those services or the ability to connect. So Convoy and Freytos both sell that service of bringing you your your um, your freight provider through through their service another one could be um, anyone who's gone through buying product like white labeling if you used alibaba you've created your own product you're then sourcing product and having it built by another uh, I, I guess a supplier a distributor a manufacturer somewhere else in the world, you are actually exchanging through Alibaba's B2B style platform where you as a business are making a purchase from another business so that you can then end up selling to a customer later on down the road. Yeah, absolutely. And quick tip here, Freytos has great uh, tool over there that will actually tell you the current rates and the trending rates of uh, cargo and uh, containers basically coming in from China. So if you want to know what kind of the average rate is you should be paying, go check out Freytos. Uh, we do recommend them highly over here at Gatita also. Um, it, maybe just also go a little deeper, Christian, in the sense of uh, B2B, is it more service-based or is it also product-based or both? Because uh, you know the examples you gave, it sounds more like a service, like if I wanted to offer the mm -hmm. service of helping people get their shipments over at a better rate, maybe discounted rate. Uh, you know, maybe they go to Freytos as an example, but what about like on the product side? Yeah. So on the product side, there's a number of B2B marketplaces. So Amazon, for example, has their own B2B platform. It's called Amazon Business. If 
you, if your sellers have ever been kind of digging through their inventory side and they can see where they're able to put in business quantity discounts, that actually activates your product to show up on Amazon's B2B side. They have 1 million plus business dedicated buyers. And in 2025, they're expected to have $83 billion in gross uh, GMB. So this looks like uh, someone who is working at a small mom and pop shop who needs to buy uh, bulk Sharpies, bulk batteries. Um, let's say you're reselling a number of products that could be bought in bulk. This is a great way to get started. There's no extra cost and it's very easy to activate on Amazon. Uh, there's some others like fair.com. Uh, this is a marketplace for independent retailers and brands. So it mostly serves boutique uh, retail stores. Uh, so if you have a unique product, maybe you're selling on Amazon, maybe you're not selling it on Amazon, but you're looking for a place to access those independent retailers and kickstart your brand's in-store presence. This is a great way that you can wholesale your product to other businesses that will then do the retail sales in store. Uh, there are others like Novi who focuses on selling raw materials or sustainable packaging and they're all about clean ingredients, transparency and sustainability. Uh, Abound, which is now Droply, is a independent, um, is for independent and boutique retailers. And it's another way to jumpstart your digital in-store presence. So they allow for digital native stores to drop ship your products through their own websites. And then again, as we talked about some of those vertical marketplaces, um, some like big rents or supply hog, those are building materials or um, machinery rental part cycle and parts market. Those are very specific to automotive parts. Um, anything that would be within a, a vehicle sales or auto sales. And then as we talked about Convoy and Freitos, I would say Convoy and Freitos are the, the two most um, service oriented where Amazon, uh, Amazon Business and Fair.com uh, and Dropley would be the three that are the predominance for product sales specifically. Yeah. And Christian, if, if Amazon sellers looking to go kind of that B2B route, do you find that that could be a bit uh, financial heavy, meaning they have to have a bit of money, right? You got to be able to carry kind of a large inventory because you're looking to move large inventory at a smaller kind of uh, profit margin. Uh, what have you seen, at least regarding that when Amazon sellers have talked to you about that? Yeah, so Amazon B2B is really great for high AOV FBM products. If you're doing FBA, they still capture a, um, they still capture the word is escaping me at this moment, but the fees that you need to pay on each product sold, the, um, sure. that still happens for each individual product if you have FBA. So let's say you were B2B selling through Amazon business and someone made a purchase of 50 units, you're going to pay the referral fee of 50 on each one of those units. Whereas if it's an FBM order, you're not going to pay those same processing and referral fees. So we do see that it is much better for the FBM oriented high AOV products and also very heavy products. Um, but we've also seen where some of our clients who had no focus on B2B at all and were predominantly D2C focused, accessed and turned on their B2B side and ended up um, adding really great incremental revenue just because they had never actually taken a look there. They didn't know the uh, metrics on the Amazon side were a little 
not not great in the past, but they are building up that B2B side. So you can now start to see the customer segments that are doing a lot more purchasing. And then, yeah, of course, inventory is going to be another huge implication. Are you going to have enough to cover your inventory run for Amazon FBA if you are selling FBA and Amazon B2B. Now, if you're FBM, that lightens the load a little bit. We do see, right? Because you can you can run a little bit better. But of course, there are going to be those referral fee uh, implications and inventory implications, as you said. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and listen, if you're looking to do B2B, know your numbers. That's going to be crucial, especially if you're FBM, there's warehouse fees, know your landed cost. If you're going through Amazon, understand what those fees are when you're selling through Amazon. And again, if it's FBM, understand what those all-in costs are for either a facility that's dropping it for you or having your own facility. We're going to take a quick commercial break and we come back. We're going to talk to Jerry. Jerry's going to be talking about uh, why you should use Walmart Marketplace right after this. Today's episode is brought to you by Gatita, the global leader in FBA auditing and reimbursements. Get $400 in free FBA reimbursements at gatita.com slash sellernomics. So be sure to head on over to getita.com forward slash sellernomics, get your $400 of free FBA reimbursements. I'm talking today with Jeff, Jerry, and Christian from AI Commerce. And we're talking about growing beyond Amazon business to business and Walmart marketplace. Jerry, you're up, man. And I'm glad you were waiting tight for us. Uh, why should brands use Walmart? Let's jump, or sorry, use Walmart marketplace. Jump right into this for us. Yeah, for sure, Rob. So <clears throat> it's getting really hard for brands to ignore the huge e-commerce growth that's happening on Walmart. I mean, Walmart's e-commerce business is exploding. Sales grew 11% last year to over something like $630 billion and are expected to jump another 12% in 2024. And that's a growth any brand would love to tap into. So beyond the sheer sales volume, selling on Walmart Marketplace provides huge advantages when it comes to advertising efficiency and cost. The CPCs on Walmart are averaging right around 40 to 85 cents, far lower than the 65 cents to a dollar and 20 or so that brands are typically paying on Amazon. Now that lower competition mean your ad, means your ads get seen by more potential customers, right? And then your return on ad spend uh, commonly exceeds 100% on Walmart Marketplace as well, compared to some of the lower double-digit ROAS brands see on Amazon. Now, consider Walmart's massive physical retail footprint with over 4,700 stores across the country pairing up with their rapidly growing online store. That omni-channel advantage lets your products be seen and purchased both digitally on walmart.com and physically in-store at Walmart locations nationwide. So essentially, brands are getting access to entirely new demographics that are loyal Walmart shoppers. Everyone from lower income households all the way up to you know the 100K plus household uh, incomes. Now, the incremental sales opportunity is exponential there. So I think when it comes down to it, Rob, you have to sell where the customers are, right? It's like what Jeff said earlier in this conversation, go where the people are. Walmart now has over 140 million weekly shoppers that brands simply just need to reach. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you gave a lot of great examples of benefits of, of using Walmart. Could you get maybe a little more specific if an Amazon seller's super happy doing great on Amazon and they're looking at Walmart, maybe what are some of the pros and cons they're going to see when they kind of go over to Walmart? And I don't mean cons in a negative way, just like maybe some things they need to understand as they're going that way. Yeah, absolutely. So one major 
asset Walmart offers sellers is exclusive access to its treasure trove of first party shopper data. As a marketplace seller, you're going to gain insights to your customers, their demographics like age, income, location, uh, interest data like hobbies and lifestyles, behaviors like past purchases and uh, browsing history and, and more, right? And these shopper insights are going to allow you to target ads and retarget consumers with a lot of precision. Now, for those of you who are familiar or comfortable with Amazon ads, Walmart does offer similar programs like sponsored search, sponsored brands and DSP, and the ad types are similar as well. So from search in-grid ads, sponsored brand ads, carousels and, and, and buy box banner ads, you have numerous opportunities to create strong visibility for your products and reach more buyers, again, at a lower cost than that of on Amazon. Now, on top of the data, Rob, Walmart keeps pouring resources into improving and evolving their, their marketplace. So you're going to see new tools being introduced often. Tools like Walmart Fulfillment Services, similar to FBA, that provide turnkey warehousing and delivery at low costs. Uh, the advertising platform keeps getting upgraded with more placement and format options. Simplified onboarding makes launching faster than ever. Walmart really wants to find uh, or help sellers find success. So you've got their dedicated marketplace team providing hands-on support and one-on-one -on -one biz mentoring to help sellers optimize uh, their business on the platform. Yeah, absolutely. So if, if somebody is interested in getting started uh, with Walmart, uh, what is kind of the first thing they do and kind of step us through that process a little on uh, what they're going to expect as they're getting started with Walmart. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a pretty straightforward process to get signed up and approved. Walmart's done a great job at really simplifying their onboarding. But first, you're going to want to decide your product strategy. Are you going to want to launch your full catalog or phase in your top selling items and expand over time, right? Now, once you have a plan with those products, you're going to go through the motions. You're going to go through the application process of getting approved, et cetera. Now, getting started on Walmart as a seller, again, is straightforward. When you have the right help or the right documentation, they make it crystal clear on what you need to do as a new seller on their website. And you can choose to handle the launch and management yourself, or you can hire an expert expert um, to guide you through it, right? If managing internally, your team would complete Walmart seller application, you would get approved to sell onboard your product catalog with optimized listings. And depending on how many products you have or are gonna start with, you have the ability to sync through automation or do manual uploads. And then you build out your brand shop. Um, brand shop on Walmart is relatively new. They launched it at their last conference and it's similar to the uh, brand stores on Amazon. Now for advertising, your team can run campaigns uh, directly in Walmart's native ad manager or you can opt in to use a third-party software platform for advanced strategies to automate and optimize at scale and maximize your ROI. So there's really no need to go to loan if you don't want to. Um, like I said, the option, the other option is hiring an agency or an expert that's well-versed in Walmart Marketplace. They'll craft the perfect Walmart strategy tailored to your business goals, uh, manage the launch process end to end, build your advertising campaigns, optimize performance, and really just ensure you quickly see strong return on your ad spend. And that'll allow you to focus completely on your products while the agency or your expert handles everything needed to build your Walmart sales channel and, and drive your growth. Yeah. And before somebody posts a question about this, because I'm already thinking it, first thing you brought up was whether you should, let's say, launch like a few products or your entire catalog, or maybe even your top products first. 
So Jerry, or even the rest of the team here, uh, what have you guys seen that seems to work best uh, strategy wise when you're getting into Walmart, if you've already been selling on Amazon and you have some data to kind of back it up, Jerry, do you want to start that off? And then maybe we can go around on that. Sure. So typically when we look at multi-channel porting over from Amazon to a different platform or different channel, um, we always like to start with the top products first because those are proven. So start with your best foot forward and go from there. Um, if you have a really large catalog, that works out well also because you're not spreading your budget too thin across um, you know, a channel that's new to, to you. So top products, top, top items are always a good place to start. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That was, that was a good answer too. Uh, Jeff, uh, why don't you uh, maybe let, let's transition a little bit. I want people to understand a little more about AI commerce, what you guys do. Uh, but just before we jump into that, if anybody on the panel wants to jump in, if you missed something or you, you were like sitting there while the other person was talking, you're like, man, I wanted to mention that. Feel free. This is time to jump in and, and give out that great information about Walmart and the B2B marketplace. Jeff, any last thoughts? No, I, I like like where we started. It is really about diversification Good. and expansion, right? How do we how do we find that cheaper traffic that's going to convert well at the AOV that uh, that's going to drive revenue and profits? So we're uh, we're great partners, and you know, you ask about AI commerce. So we started in the brand space. So we own about a dozen brands, um, grew some brands from scratch up to fifty million in revenue. So have our own warehouse. Probably never met an agency that has their own warehouse. But at, at, at our roots, we are a a global digital marketing agency and, and we're blending the human and the artificial intelligence to really find the, the most profitable growth. So a lot of the strategies, a lot of the platforms you heard about today is where we're focused. But like so many sellers, our, you know, our biggest area of focus is Amazon, but uh, decades of experience with Google and Meta and, and some of these new platforms as well. So we're excited to partner uh, with brands or again, throw in uh, for a little equity as well um, in our, in our own brand models. So fun times. Yeah. Absolutely. And Christian, if, if we missed anything with, uh, the questions went by or anything you want to add about AR commerce, uh, love to hear from you. Yeah. I, I would say it, when looking for your expansion, there's a couple buckets I like to look at one as Jerry called it is the money makers, right? You got your, your top line products that are doing the best. Other products, depending on time of year, seasonality bucket, right? Which products are in their seasonal height or seasonal lows that you can look for? And then which products are your new to brand leaders? You can look at this on Amazon and see which products have high new to brand lead in. These can be great introductory products into your brand and get people into your branded ecosystem to keep them purchasing. Uh, so those would be my focuses would be, as Jerry said, top sellers, seasonal products, you know, especially if it's the season to move them or pre-season to move them, getting them onto another channel might help with that velocity. And then the third piece is going to be your, your new to brand leaders, how you are introducing new customers into your brand. Um, from, from an AI commerce perspective, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm client director here. So I spend, I spend my days with, with clients all day, every day. Um, really love the, the host that we have and broad swath across nearly all the categories uh, that you might expect. And then, you know, having the opportunity to open up some brands into the B2B space has been really great learnings for both the brands and for us here at AI Commerce. And right now, our major focus is, as you may have guessed, due to the recent launch of TikTok Shop, is the e-commerce space of TikTok itself. Yeah, 
growing field, huge growing field. Uh, Jerry, once again, uh, if any tips or anything we missed that you want to share, and then of course, anything you want to share that we missed on the AI commerce side. Yeah, no, I think we covered everything. Um, you know, one insight uh, for all you home and kitchen sellers, uh, Walmart is really strong at home and kitchen. Amazon has more competition from niche kitchen brands. Uh, Walmart shoppers turn to it for all home needs. So opportunity there for you if you're in home and kitchen. Absolutely. So uh, Jeff, why don't you tell everybody where they can reach out to to go check out the guy's website, get in contact with you, and I'll throw it up on the screen here. But for our audio listeners, let them know. Yeah, right on. Uh, AICommerce.com. Um, personally, I am Jeff at AICommerce.com. Uh, you can fill out all sorts of forms on our websites, as those websites always seem to have. But uh, we were are happy to do a free audit of your overall marketing or a deep dive into your Amazon or other marketplace campaign to see if we can help at all. And if you uh, give a shout out to this podcast, we can cut down those uh, launch fees and uh, provide a little bit of a discount. So any uh, any big fans of the podcast, bring it on. Yeah, absolutely. So for those who are listening, A-I-C-O-M-M-E-R-C-E.com, A-I-Commerce.com. And uh, Jeff at A-I-Commerce.com, uh, reach out to Jeff. And I'm sure if you hit their website and you want to get a hold of Christian or Jerry, they'd be happy to uh, get you know that email over to them. I'm sure there's a general email box they'll drop it into, just like you do with Katita if you need to get a hold of me. So, uh, gentlemen, it was great having you on. Lots of great information. I learned a lot and uh, absolutely great. So be sure, everybody that's listening, reach out to AICommerce.com if you need some help or if you have any questions regarding Walmart or TikTok. TikTok's huge. Uh, you definitely should be paying attention to that world. Uh, so, yeah, be sure to reach out to them and uh, check out AICommerce.com. Hey, thanks again, guys, for being on the show. And for those who are listening, be sure to leave us a thumbs up and tune in to our uh, every week to our our podcast and you can always check us out on apple's podcast uh, thanks again we'll see you all in the next one thanks for joining us this week on the sellernomics podcast special thanks to our sponsor gatita did you know that amazon probably owes you money for fba reimbursements get four hundred dollars in free fba reimbursements at gatita.com slash sellernomics be sure to join us again next week for more great tips on how to grow your business. And thanks again for listening.